We have had one podcast before this podcast. One podcast in terms of like this the, evening. Oh, this evening. Yes. Yes, we have. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You and I have been talking for a little while. That's what you get when uh, you just talk to me for an hour because yeah. <laughs> I talk fast. No, we both talk fast. Yeah. Which that's is, what we learned. That's also the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a benefit, though. I'm going to put it. Oh, it's a I think it's a benefit because I'm not done talking. Like I said, I got a list with bullet points that like I could keep going and I, I have a hunch I'm not going to touch on all these bullet points. Wow. So We're going to go for two hours. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't think we can. No, I don't think we will. Um, I have Joe Lambert in the in the studio with me. How are you doing? Hi there. I'm doing good. How's it going? I'm doing fine. Um, we've had a few drinks. Yes. Now we're ready to talk about things. Definitely all the things. And this is a show called A Lot of Things. A Lot of Things. So uh, I say all about. the things all the time. Yeah. So. A lot of the things, all the things. I really like the fact that uh, you talk as fast as I do. Yes, we are basically an episode of Gilmore Girls. Uh, yeah. We talk super fast. Uh, we are double the length of a traditional 60-minute teleplay. Uh, we have a lot of words. I think that we were looking, <laughs> uh, I was looking at the time while we were talking, and we had said a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. And 11 minutes had passed. I'm going to try to be slower. <laughs> I promise. Fun. It's just amazing. It's amazing to me. Uh, no, I was going to mention you earlier, uh, and we didn't talk about it uh, pre-podcast, mm-hmm. but Assassin's Creed is taking over my life. Yeah? You know about the Odyssey game, right? I know of it. I have not played. Uh, I've seen some of my coworkers playing, and I really want to play because uh, just the stuff I've read about uh, this uh, this Assassin's Creed is very much up my alley. It's just like RPG. Yeah. But also it's in, you know, with the Greeks. Yeah. Right? Cool, compelling narrative. Yeah. 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 And it's one of those things where... It's very interesting how this new open world slash RPG setting is, yeah, you can play this forever. Right. Almost games as a service. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. uh, I think part of what makes me interested in playing it is um, I love games like that where there's so many different ways you can play it where you get online and people are trading notes of like how they're kind of playing it differently and having different experiences and going down different, uh, you know, tree branches of like the narrative or just like, you know, paying attention to more specific, like a certain mission over another mission. Yeah. Uh, Like I, um, I don't play a lot of like giant AAA games to be honest. Like I I do sometimes, but like the last time, this is a really long time ago, but the last time I got really in the thick of that was like Skyrim. Oh, jeez, It was, which that's so long ago, but no, it was super fun to just like talk to my friends and be like, oh, well I decided to do this mission. Yeah. And then uh, uh, randomly and not like this wasn't scripted, but like, a spider came out of the woods and like attacked a person I was talking to, <laughs> and yeah. now like that person's gone. So yeah, those stories are so cool. Yeah, you're like, no, I did this, and you did this. Oh, cool. Totally different because there's just so much. Yeah, yeah. Goddamn content. Immersive gameplay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so I'm into that, and I won't stop playing it because I've already beat the main story. Nice. But what was weird, and it happens a lot in these games, is mm-hmm. you go like, oh, I've beat it. There's no real ending. They're just like, keep going and doing more things. Yeah, how many hours have you put into it? Do you know? 60. Goddamn. <laughs> For that kind of a game, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And then, like, there was definitely an ending where, like, it didn't do a credit scene, mm-hmm. but, like, I did the main mission. Right. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, no one's going to say anything, so I'm just going to keep doing stuff, I guess. Sure. And weirdly enough, I still am. Yeah, so. right on. That's awesome. Uh, Joe, who do you work for right now? What, uh, <laughs> what's your backstory? Let's get into it. Let's get into all the things. Yeah. All the things. Uh, so I'm Joe Lambert, and I currently am the program manager at Private Division. Oh, it's program manager. Yes, program manager all is my right. specific title. Yeah, we were talking pre-podcast about social media. Yes. And 
you don't really do traditional, in quotes, social media. You are kind of a liaison to a bunch of different departments in the company? Yes, precisely. So, um, yeah, my role itself does not touch on social media per se. Uh, The best way I like to describe my job is um, there's a lot of release management related stuff involved, but I'm not like a straightforward release manager. I'm actually more of kind of a connective thread, as I like to put our liaison, between um, our internal producers, our external uh, developers that we're working with, our... um, uh, team in New York because we have a team. We our production site is here in Seattle. We have a team in New York. Uh, we also have a team in Munich, uh, Germany, and uh, also working with them. Our QA team is in Las Vegas. Oh wow! And, uh, all over the place. Yeah. So I'm kind of like this connective thread of all those people, and I've been you know building a lot of like the workflows and processes within our team. So yeah, I'm kind of the go-to person when people are like, "How does this thing happen on our team?" And I'm yeah. like, "Well, I got a <laughs> got a workflow for you." If, I'm so uh... glad you brought that back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, pre-podcast I... we were talking about librarian and that. That's going to come up at some point. Yeah, totally. And I love the voices, and well, I love the. I'm maybe glad I'm, I brought my glasses so I can like naturally like push up my glasses. Well, excuse me. <laughs> I do that more times than not, and I don't have glasses, but I, I get, still love it. I get so excited when someone asks me a question, and I'm like, <laughs> "I built a workflow. I can share this with you. It's on our Confluence." Uh, oh, Confluence! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. A lot. That's interesting. You I love Confluence. Confluence. Yeah, you can do a lot of stuff in that. I actually just made a PowerPoint deck. Mm-hmm. Is it PowerPoint? No, it was Google Slides. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And I was like real proud of myself with the transitions and stuff. Yeah. I was like, look at this. But what's interesting is when you do that stuff and it and it is done well, mm-hmm. it can really make a difference in a room or a, or a meeting yeah. where they're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. So it's a big deal. Well, like the funny thing with private division, so I've been there for about uh, six months. It's also about the same time I've, I've lived here in Seattle. Um, like- you know, we're so we're owned by Take Two, um, but we're a publisher who we're publishing independent games that we would say are pretty creator driven in terms of like um, a lot of our curated portfolio is um, you know based on a lot of really interesting creators, um, and you know again uh, backed by Take Two, as you know they they own they're they're very involved with in games, Rockstar, Huge. Yeah, 2K, yeah, yeah. blah blah blah. But you know, at the end of the day, we're a new team and we're building like new processes, new workflows. We're in like this very new space. And so yeah, it's a very non traditional game space and it's yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. And so speaking of private division, mm-hmm. Kerbal Space Program is how I know you guys. Oh really like, it, yeah, that's like how you I know, know that because yeah. it was like this weird little thing like let's make spaceships and also yeah. there's little aliens and they kinda walk around and yeah. what is this game? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember from Steam, like it, I just saw it on Steam early was it early access? I don't know if it was, mm-hmm. but it was on Steam, and I was like, oh, yeah, what is this weird thing? And then, you know, they keep uh, getting new uh, partners and stuff like that. Yeah, and then, yeah, Take-Two acquired uh, Kerbal Space Program. So that is, like, um, usually the projects that we're publishing, we don't own the IP, but we do own the IP for Kerbal Space Program. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, KSP, uh, as we call it a lot of times internally, uh, is a... Uh, um, that fan base is, is wild and amazing. Uh, they are, like... So, so excited. It's funny. I, I admittedly wasn't in the thick of like Kerbal related stuff till I started. Um, but then when I, I just talked to people about my job and I like kind of quietly dropped Kerbal, uh, there's uh, so many people that are like, Drop Kerbal's funny. People 
flip their shit about Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they love it. It's well, amazing. Yeah. People love certain things. They get in their niches. They yeah. get in their little thing. And they're like, no, this is my little world. Right. Like, this is what I'm about. Yeah. When I did social media for Lifeline, which I talk about a lot on the show, mm-hmm. and they were at Big Fish. And this is this uh, interactive text adventure game that I still talk with a, a lot of the fans from that game mm-hmm. every day on Twitter. Yeah. Because they were so obsessed with yeah. the characters in this world. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what I think happened with uh, KSP, as yeah, you Yeah, which is so cool because, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a very, you know, um, rocket science heavy game. Yeah, and, like, it's a nerdy game. Oh, it's so nerdy. I don't think which, people know that from, like, the even, like, the trailer. Like, no, this is a... It's amazing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a NASA it's, game. Yeah, it's, it's a delight. Yeah. Oh, yes. And so let's talk about real quick before we move on from Private Division. Mm-hmm. The Outer Worlds. Yes. Because this trailer just recently dropped on the Game Awards, I want to yeah, say. We, we, yeah, we uh, announced it at the Game Awards. And I am, can't be more excited because it's Obsidian. Yeah. Fallout New Vegas, people. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you can't tell me anything I about it. I can't say a lot of you, words. You don't even know. Do you know words that you can't tell me? Or oh, you I know even, words. I just oh, can't you know say words, words to you. Oh. Yeah. Um, no, I'm so excited that we at least have announced it now and can say that many words. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm incredibly excited for it. I think uh, the the things that people are responding to, the fact that it's you know um, a rather traditional uh, single player RPG. I think a lot of people have been really itching for something like that. Um, you know, which uh, you know is kind of maybe seems like a bit of a throwback, but like people just want like a really good, wonderful story. Obsidian is killer telling yeah, like a wonderful it, story. Yeah, I don't think it is a throwback in the fact that like Fallout seventy six. Didn't do, I think, what people were thinking. Right. And everyone, I mean, a ton of people like Fallout 4, right? Mm-hmm. And they love this concept and they love New Vegas. Right. So I feel like, to me, it's a, just a continuation of what a lot of fans wanted. Yeah. Me personally. Yeah, totally. Is I want another story yeah. from the, you know, these creators. And so, yeah, um, yeah I, I understand why there's excitement around it. It's super exciting. Um, and I, I've, you know, since I've been working uh, at Private Division in the short time, like, yeah, I'll just say, Every time I'm in the thick of working on that project, it's very exciting. Nice. And when, <laughs> when it's going along further, we'll have you back on the show and we'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, before we get going, uh, we're here at Cloud Studios. Mm-hmm. I'm back, and you can see a couple clips on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash C slash a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Look for those clips. Um, and when we came back, they are so dang nice. I don't know if they're like oh. brand safe, so I'm not saying. I'm going to swear. They're a delight. They're a delight. They I br- only met them for like a minute. <laughs> They brought I us a them. variety pack of Hale's uh, canned beer here. Yes. So we're going to have one Yeah. on the podcast. Which one do you want? We have a-, a... I know. That's what, before we started, I was like, which one am I going to go for? I think I'm going yeah. for the pale ale. Go for the pale so ale. let's see. Which one is- I think I pulled it right. Yep. That's... I want to think I'm going to do the IPA. Palladium pale ale. Ooh, this is just such delightful branding, too. Yes. It is old school, in a way. Yeah. Hale's ale, uh, here local, obviously. Uh, I'm having the Super Goose IPA Indie Pale Ale, and you're right. having the- the uh, Palladium Pale Ale. All right. And we're going to drink these on the podcast, yeah. which Cheers. is great. Cheers. Uh, great for podcasting. Mm-hmm. People love hearing people People sip drink things. things. That's mm-hmm. one of their favorite things. <laughs> That's what they first look for. Yeah. Uh, so you're at Private Division. That's really exciting. Uh, we met via Twitter because mm-hmm. we were talking about before the podcast. I just meet people on the internet, and I'm like, hey, let's just hang out. And I never know how I meet people. I'm just, I, I like I said to you, it's just through osmosis sometimes where I absorb people who know other people right. on social media. And then I'm like, somehow we met. I don't even remember. But you go with it, which is good. <laughs> yeah, it, of course. I, I, I love, obviously, in our very uh, quick, mini-worded conversation, 
I love talking to people. I'm curious about people. I love hearing what people are up to, and yeah. I love talking to people. All that fun stuff. Well, so. we're talking, and this is Got the perfect. So place many for words it. to say. <laughs> uh, before we leave, kind of your history and your back. Before we get to the entertainment in evolve section and the enrage section, which mm-hmm. is going to be interesting. So stick around for that. Um, Joe Bagel Bagel Project. What's going on with that? Okay. What's going on with that? Yeah. So. Um, so Joe Bagel is like a my personal baking project, as mm. I like to put it. Uh, it started, God, I should know what year it started. I believe it started in 2016, I want to say. Uh, it actually started with me and a friend, uh, one New Year's party talking about things that we wanted to do. Uh, and I was in a place where I was like super anxious and super weird. I had just gotten over a breakup and like or was in the thick of a breakup and I was like, just really low and so uh, we were talking about things and I was like he, he mentioned he's like you know I want to bake bagels and I was like yeah I do too wow and, interesting and it was like let's hold each other accountable and then we just started like learning how to make bagels and from there I kind of went like a step forward where I was like I want to document this like and share this with the internet and talk about my feelings and baking bagels so like uh my my project which you can find on joebagel.com it's not like a food blog. Like, it's not me, like, giving recipes or anything. It's usually, I mean, the catalyst of it is me having some sort of, like, existential crisis and framing it around baking bagels. That sounds great. <laughs> and very helpful, too. Yeah, it, it's yeah. been a really amazing outlet. And um, even recently, I mean, it's interesting because, like, this past year, uh, and so, like, you know, I moved here recently um, uh, from West Texas. Uh, and had previously been living in Austin. But um, this past year, I have not been baking as much. And so, like, uh, my last uh, blog post kind of reflected on that. And uh, uh, it's – I got, like, really great uh, feedback and, like, just, like, reception about that in terms of, like, you know, things that you're passionate about that sometimes like, you hit, like, a burnout point for a little bit. And yes, kinda, I know about yeah, that. documenting that mm-hmm. and talking about it and just being, like, very honest about it. And this is kind of the, the reason why I um, call Joe Bagel – uh, my personal project, and it is a personal project because with a personal project, if you're really burnt out and just not feeling it for a bit, you can put it to the side, and no one is like negatively affected. Right. No one is a, uh, uh, you know, like uh, um, uh, so. So I should also say, just like yeah, the Joe Bagel is essentially me trying to perfect a New York style bagel, uh, while also learning more about myself. <laughs> Which, like my by the feelings. way, let's talk about New York bagels for a minute. So I'm from New York. Oh fuck, Montreal bagels. <laughs> Yeah, let's. I mean, I am. I'm sorry, Montreal. No, but it's New, okay. New York Bagels. Like, stick to your guns. Yeah. I cannot. Uh, I just. I go through withdrawal. Right. For like oh, a New York bagel. Here in Seattle, we didn't even oh. touch on this. No, it's not uh, even happening. It's. What's that? Noah's or something? We have Noah's that's here. Einstein's bagels. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just yeah. rebranded. Yeah. So the best I can say, which I don't know if you've been to, um, Actually, up the street, uh, uh, Westman's Bagels. I haven't. Okay, they're they're new. They they started last year. We're talking about Seattle now. Yeah, bagels. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're they're the they're the only bagel that is acceptable here. That's it's it. just like, that's so it. I grew up in a place where every street corner, of had course, incredible bagels. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like J- Jerry's. Uh, well, Jerry, it's funny, but it's Jerry's. <laughs> uh, Jerry Seinfeld's bagel shop. Yeah. But it was literally like a hole in the wall. Right. Best bagels ever. So good. Yeah, yeah, one of my fa- like one of my favorite things. Uh, my little sister lives in in Brooklyn, so I've you know I go up to New York a little bit, and one of my favorite times going up there was just like buying a bunch of bagels and yeah. buying a bunch of like locks and like just like cured fishes fresh. and so cream good. cheese yeah. and just going into the park and eating a bunch of bagels. Yeah, 
so good. We, I really want to have bagels after this podcast now, and I know we can't. I know, Weston's which is makes closed. Me, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going to have pizza is all yeah. we're going to have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's an interesting thing. And also, so we have the New York bagel connection. Yeah. We also have the Texas connection. Because yes. pre-podcast we talked about, and I don't know if I've actually talked about this much on the podcast, but I originally... My dad is from Laredo, mm-hmm. Texas. Yes, which, which is, is right up, on the border. Or on the border, yeah. little barrio. Yep. I said that terribly. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know that I said that terribly. I don't hablo espanol. But, uh, and then it was right across the street, or right, pretty much right down the road. From... You should just call it across the street. Okay. That's from Nuevo Laredo. Nuevo yeah, Laredo. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Which, pre-podcast we talked about, you know what that is, yeah. which is crazy to me. It, but the funny thing is, like, it's crazy to me that you think that's crazy because, yeah. But you're you, from there, so. Yeah. When yeah. You, uh, so, yeah, I grew up in, outside of San Antonio. And when you live in um, Central Texas, like, uh, my upbringing, we went down to Mexico all the time. All like, the that's. Time. Uh, I really, I, I never really traveled internationally. Well, I didn't travel internationally until very recently. Um, but I went to Mexico all the time, which is like, I just never considered that traveling internationally. Right. It's just, right down the street. We just went down the street all the yeah. time. Yeah. You just drive a few hours and then you're in yeah. Mexico. Uh, we went all the time. Uh, would hang out there and, you know, we'd go uh, deeper into Mexico. So, like we had a lot of friends in um, uh, San Miguel de Allende, which is a little bit further south. Um, but we went to Nuevo Laredo. All the that's crazy. time, and I think I've never been there. Really? Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, I, I know we. Well, that's not right. true because we lived there for a while when mm-hmm. I was like ten or eleven. So right. we must have. We, we I'm jumped sure into you Mexico. like crossed the border because yeah. you didn't need like you didn't need a passport at the time yeah, yeah, when yeah. you were doing that. It was just was crossing the street, literally. which is crazy. Yeah, like yeah. nowadays, obviously with all the stuff that we can get to in the rage section. Sure. Um, <laughs> it, it's just nuts that it, it became a thing when mm-hmm. it wasn't a thing. Right. And I definitely we both of us grew up in that era where it's like, oh yeah, we're just going over there for a bit. Yeah. And uh, there's a bunch of Mexicans in in. On this side too, sure, you know, it absolutely. Wasn't, it wasn't like a really big difference, right? Absolutely, uh, and yeah, um, uh, like we were talking pre-podcast, um, yeah. Obviously, there was a lot more um, border violence that happened in like the later '90s and early 2000s, and that kind of shifted how like uh, I like we stopped going to Mexico for a bit. But like, I mean, I still now is like especially more recently living in West Texas, like. You know, you go to you, I went to Mexico quite a bit. And yeah, you just go over and hang out with other humans who are just yeah, lovely, humans. wonderful humans. Yep, yeah. Who yeah, live across the everybody, street. Everybody in, in America just realized that they're humans, too. There's yeah. uh, humans everywhere. Seriously. Uh, and they're just uh, different types of humans. Yep. And what's crazy is we talked about this as well, is that I think, you know, you can go to any major city or any pretty much any state. And there's areas where, like, if you don't know, it doesn't look like you know what you're doing. Then you might be in kind of a situation. Absolutely, but it has no idea like specifically where it could be in in lots of places. Absolutely, I mean, like real talk in America. I mean, there's so much like violence around. Like when people are when, when in certain in certain areas of of the country, um, like yeah. And in comparison, you know, when people are like, oh, like well, Mexico is really violent. It's like. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Have you looked at the statistics of like drive-by shootings or like sh- like shootings that have happened? Like, it, yeah, there's so much violence here that we like overlook and like act as if we are uh, holier than thou. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. And there's just yeah, it's just about the different areas and neighborhoods and stuff like that. So. Totally. Well, that now we solved everything about uh, humans. Cool, and we did it. <laughs> crime and you know issues and people just get a deal. Yeah. Figure it out. Uh, I want to talk about video games for a minute. Sure. This is entertainment now. We've hit the entertainment section. Okay, cool. And you have a bulleted list. Yeah, I do. Uh, not a I'm lot of it is about. video game related, but I definitely have video no. game related things happening. It's entertainment. So. We're in the entertainment world okay, now. Okay, cool. And we're going to talk about things that entertain us. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start with video games. 
uh, because I just saw the new story trailer to the Far Cry, uh, the new Dawn. Yes, yeah. Did you play the Far Cry, was it five? Four or five? Uh, f- I believe it was four, right? Or How I do I be, not maybe, know Maybe this. it is five. I don't do my homework on this show. Oh, I'll yeah. I'll look it up that, right now. Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> but I did I did watch, I have watched uh, people play Far Cry. I, I never got into the thick of it. But, uh, five. It is five coming yeah. up, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the trailer that was at the Game Awards, though, uh, looked hella dope. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> it was very exciting. We got a hella dope in the podcast. Yeah, I am. Uh, I I haven't been in the thick of uh, the Far Cry franchise, but yeah, look amazing. It's, it's my biggest thing is, and this is a spoiler, and it really shouldn't be because in the trailer they were it was a spoiler essentially. Mm-hmm. But like at the end of five, mm-hmm. uh, and this is kind of a, essentially almost a DLC. It's a new game, but it's also kind of an extension of what they built with the engine and five. Sure. Um, there's a kind of a apocalyptic moment that happens at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And so this is that post-apocalyptic scene that you get to play out now. And so for me, I'm really excited. I love story. Mm-hmm. And a first-person shooter, if it's just, just shooty-shoot, there's got to be, like, story around it for me to, like, get excited. Absolutely. And so this uh, is such an interesting thing because the, uh, the last game ended with um, – a surprise mm-hmm. and you're like oh i did not expect this at all mm-hmm. and now this is kind of a continuation of that yeah. surprise so you, you did play the last game yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. cool yeah, yeah yeah and so that's why i'm not saying too much because okay. i don't want to spoil it fully but yeah. at the same time it's kind of like if you play the new game the new dawn you're mm-hmm. gonna know what happened right <laughs> yeah no the, it, uh, apocalypse happened absolutely yeah, yeah no that's uh uh no i i was very intrigued by uh like just what i've seen so far it, and also like like you were saying i'm always a sucker for a really good narrative at the end of the day that's yeah. like what drives me in, yep. in games i was recently talking to somebody and they're like yeah games are crazy because they're like movies or stories or whatever you know you hear yeah. that a lot now like and it's uh, like no duh no duh <laughs> but also also to their credit um it it has evolved in you know leaps and bounds every yeah. year right right and you just go like oh i didn't even know i could have that kind of experience right well, you know what's interesting, actually. So, um, uh, when I was living in Austin, and uh, I think I mentioned this to you before the podcast, that I've kind of had a really non-traditional games career. But one part of my games career, I was working for the Texas Film Commission as their animation and video game liaison, and um, another liaison. Yeah, I was, I'm always liaison. You're liaison, y'all. always yeah. and forever. Your library liaison. Yeah, I, I I moved to Austin to study library science. Uh, yep. Then started a indie video game company with one of my colleagues and whale. Uh, you white know, whale. White whale. Yeah, yeah white whale games right. like my Moby Dick. Yeah. Uh, we made a crazy prog rock game, God of Blades. Uh, and uh, yeah, then uh, cut to a few years later, I was working for the Film Commission. And I realized when I worked for the film commission, because I was like the go-to video game person, but, you know, I still was like in the space of film as well. And when I was talking about games, like articulating to people, um, it's interesting because like Austin was like a a huge space for like indie film in like the um, the 90s, uh, like Richard Linklater is like such a huge part of that and uh, and still continues on. Um, But I feel like there's a lot of parallels between like the the indie movement of film in like the early 90s where it's just like you know technology became more accessible like communities were able to like trade notes and talk to each other give each other feedback and i feel like uh indie games kind of were like were in that space in the uh mid late 2000 or, or the, the mid 2000 early 2000s 2005 yeah. to 2010 mm-hmm. um uh, 
the mid aughts, whatever you want to call it. No, don't say aughts. <laughs> I'm just like, what do I, what do I call I know. this? We'll never say aughts. Uh, I don't want to say aughts. Yeah. It hurts um, my ears. But uh, yeah, I feel like that that's like when I articulate this to people, um, I think a lot of times when I'm like, oh, I work in games, people have this preconceived notion that it's like, oh, like you're sitting in a basement and uh, doing like a first person shooter and- yeah, And you got Cheetos ooh, on your hands. Yeah, and Mountain Dew and get those Doritos out. It was crazy they're still doing that, which is insane to me. For what it's worth, I do like Doritos. I know, right. Listen, we are having Cheetos and you're right. Yeah. But no, it's just, it's crazy that that kind of stigma is still attached to it. And so when I've talked about games, like the big thing too, I would really put in people's heads when I've talked about stuff happening in Texas and there's a lot of beautiful, amazing projects that came out of there uh out of the state of texas and i would just say like you know like it's just you know just uh storytellers who chose video games as the medium right. to tell that story it's the medium yeah yeah it's a new art form medium uh speaking of which and as a side note which i've mentioned on the podcast already before mm-hmm. but bandersnatch mm-hmm. which is have you seen it have you no okay it's fine it's a black mirror. I'm not a real black mirror person. No, I'm not either. And <laughs> okay. we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do like the idea of pushing a platform forward. And speaking of media. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So what it is, and I, if you haven't heard it on the last podcast I did, but I, I talked about it. Uh, it's an interactive Netflix show mm-hmm. that's essentially a movie that's interactive. And it's very similar to Lifeline and a bunch of other text adventures that are on mobile. Yeah. That where you can make these decisions and that is the outcome based on choose your adventure step rules. Right. Um, and I think that that is, again, another medium to tell a story. Absolutely. And so games are the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, I can't believe the moments I've had with Skyrim mm-hmm. or with God of War mm-hmm. where I like felt like I was a father. Yeah. God of War made me feel like yeah. I was a father. And my, my kid was being a dick. And I was like, stop being a dick, kid. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't have a kid. Right. But I felt like that. But you felt that. Yeah, no, totally. Because of the medium. Yeah, what it, like, yeah, uh, yeah. God of War this past year was like such a powerful game and like affected people in so many different ways. Yeah, and I mean, similar to film, similar to books, similar. Right. Like, that's the part that always, I think I, I get like prickly about when I talk to people about video games and people are like, well... I don't really play video games. Like it's that same voice you did earlier. They're expecting me to be yeah. like, yeah, they're they're expecting me to be like, oh, well, we can't be friends. But then I'm also like, oh, I mean, it's fine. You don't, but like, also, you there's just a, there's just a lot of cool, interesting things happening. You don't have to like. I think there's a there's still a lot of people who still you know frame games as being this thing that like is complicated or like they they uh, have to like. I mean, games are complicated, but you know, so so is film. Uh, that like you have to like n- be in a certain like nerdy niche space to yeah. be able to access them, and it's like yeah. oh, actually, like they're like very accessible uh, for anybody. Anybody who wants to play a video game, you can play a video game. Yeah. So and especially with the like with Steam in general, mm-hmm. like Steam did such a good job of you know for better and worse giving any developer an yeah. ability to do that as well as all the other platforms yeah. that are like um, Itch.io and stuff. Right. Um, but like now you have a game that is, you know, this weird whimsical abstract thing mm-hmm. that's got text and sometimes there's a floating ball and who yeah. knows what the fuck it is. Yeah. But it, it doesn't have a barrier to entry is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, like a, an example that's kind of floating in my brain. Um, so one of the last games uh, I have played recently is, um, uh, do you know the game uh, Grease? Uh, published by Devolver. Uh, I know Devolver, and I yeah. don't know Grease. G R I S. So gray, oh, yes. gray, I and Espanol. Yeah. yeah, I haven't played um, it yet. 
Yeah. So it looks amazing. It's it is amazing. Okay. Uh, it's a, a uh, this could be one of my entertainment things that I'm telling you about. We're doing like, it right now. It's G R I S. Yeah, G R I S. Um. So um, I had no idea what the game was going to be like. I just saw the trailer and was really moved by it. I love the music. Uh, and I played it. I, I played it on the Switch, and uh, I was so moved by it. it. I mean, it's sort of a puzzle game, sort of a platformer. Um, but it's a. Uh, the other thing is like you know, it's a. Uh, it's a story without like actual text or anything, and uh, a lot of people like in like discussion about it have been like, oh, like this game is addressing uh, mental health because it is like it's a story where it's like everything is gray at the beginning, and it's this woman like you know solving, uh, going through all these puzzles and like bringing color to the world and uh, facing uh, facing things that are like terrifying, but like having the bravery to like push forward. Um, and uh, anyway. Uh, I played it and I was really moved by it. And uh, the first person I recommended it to was my little sister. Uh, she's a she's a therapist, and mm. uh, she's not she doesn't play a ton of games. But like I just felt like it was such a like a beautiful tale about like about mental health. And I was yeah. just like, you should check out Greece because like I think it's also a really interesting game because it's it definitely has its challenging moments. But I do find it really accessible to people who don't play a lot of games. Right, there's not platforming or anything, uh, right? No, it's well, it's a pretty it's funny because like around. yeah, you're jumping around, you're solving some the the, the way the puzzles uh, unfold within the environment. It's wild. And it's funny because when I first started playing, like, like to, to be honest, like, seeing the trailer and being like, well, I don't really know what this game plays like, I kind of went in being like, okay, this is probably going to be a game that's just, like, aesthetically beautiful, has beautiful music, but maybe isn't that challenging. Mm. Um, but the way that the environments unfold these puzzles, uh, it's both – it does become a challenge, but it never becomes, like, a challenge where – you're just like, oh, fuck this game. This is too hard. Yeah. Like it still is like, and it's so moving. Like just the way it's, it's really compelling the way they tell this narrative with no dialogue. Uh, like, yeah, there's no dialogue. You just see these beautiful animations. And, Which is yeah. a painting, right? Yeah. That's a painting. Oh, it's amazing. And like, so that's why people can like, yeah. I can go to, I remember going to the Andy Warhol exhibit mm-hmm. and being like, I have all these stories are happening. Right. Just by these, like his early drawings. Yeah. It was before his like, you know, pop era. Sure. He's just doing a soup can. Right. Like, there was all these things that like I saw his early stuff and I was yeah. like, oh, there's so many like things happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So like me, me playing, it's, it, it, I mean, what a uh, testimony to like what games like what they do to you, like, yeah, my gut reaction is like, oh, I need to tell my younger sister who also like really values mental health and like, you know, she's a therapist. And so like she like this, I'm like, you need to check this out. Uh, Cause this is like in the field of like stuff you're interested in. Yeah. It, it's not me being like, oh, what gamer can I talk to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, it's a moving story. I love how like the, I maybe by the third time you did the gamer voice. Oh yeah. No, I've, I've it's, it's come out a lot. I mean, I don't really know if I'd call about. it my gamer voice. Well, I'm, t- I'm making it up. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Could you try to, uh, yeah. that's maybe also the internal model. Like whenever I, I say something that's going on in my, like, my brain, I, I I go up into you go into the go higher register. Yeah, yeah, totally. Pre podcast, which we'll say like maybe eighteen more times before the end of the yeah. Episode. No big, no big, no big. But um, <laughs> we were talking about voices, and I have a couple of voices. Obviously, Audie, who's always here. Yeah, and he's uh, he's amongst us. He's eighty years young, but also I have the um, come, ma'am. You're not supposed to put the baby on the counter. Right. That voice. <laughs> I can't and believe then, you're able to do. I can't. I can't do. It hurts me. Uh, it hurts yeah. my soul to do it. The teenager, yeah. Let's move on to an entertainment thing that you have in your bulleted list. Oh, I've got so many. Okay. Um, all right. So, are you familiar at all? We're going away from video games here. Are you familiar Please. at all with the the Bon Appetit YouTube channel? I don't know of that. But you know Bon Appetit, the magazine. It's a food magazine. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Uh, bon Appetit, uh, longstanding food magazine, has one of the most incredible YouTube channels of all time that is accessible for people who do not make food or anything. And like the 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 thing that it's found a lot of success recently. Um, I think specifically the catalyst, like they have a number of series on that channel. One of them is um, called like pastry chef attempts to make and it's a it's always it's a pastry chef this woman claire who works oh. for bon appetit have you seen them i might have seen it she tries yeah. to make oreos or something yep yep yep, yep. Oh, oh my goodness i've seen it she just made pringles this past week and it's so good she she fails sometimes no. yeah she well she there's sometimes a struggle. she doesn't make yes. it yeah there's, it, it's oh i like this show amazing and it's it's i would have had no idea it's bon appetit it's bon appetit so it's a bon appetit office uh which is in new it's york about rebranding and, by the way hell yeah no totally because like uh i uh like i actually i was sick last week i had no voice obviously my voice is back hooray Yay. uh but uh like the day that i was sick i watched so much bon appetit because bon on youtube yeah they make oh, their weird. they make their the people that work in their office like um I mean, they become characters in your life. So Claire is a huge one. Uh, so yeah, she's done Oreos. The Oreo one is delightful. Uh, she recently, she the most recent one's Pringles. The Pringles one is is great. And she does it. She, she does it, and yeah. it's wild because to make homemade artisanal Pringles. That's hard. Holy shit! It's amazing because yeah. to your point, when I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, this is like really difficult. Mm-hmm. You go like, oh, this is garbage food. Why would yeah. you want to redo it? Because it's like it's actually like yeah. a hard thing. Lucky yeah. Charms. She tried Lucky Charms. Yes, Lucky Charms. And it was the hardest in the world. Oh yeah, Lucky Charms, Gushers, Snickers, uh, and part of it, I think maybe what what uh, hits my sensibilities is like. I have a love for food factories also. Uh, I love factories. Uh, that's like... In general? <laughs> rando factoid Do about like me. box factory, Simpsons? Oh, yeah. Ones? No, I would. I will go to the box factory. Oh, yeah. And here, remember they had the little yellow line? <laughs> go around the yellow line. My boy's a box. Leave. My boy's a box. <laughs> uh, oh, Simpsons. That is that is a great episode. That's a great that's episode. I might watch that Bart works for Krusty, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a delightful episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I love factories, and so I, I, it's like a it's an interesting space of like trying to produce a factory made food artisanally, yeah. uh, and then like just like the experience of like getting feedback from people, uh, and so one of the people that is often in that series is um, Bradley Owen, who is uh, I believe he's like one of the kitchen managers at Bon Appetit. He has another series called It's Alive, where he makes he does stuff within like the realm of like fermented food and like oh. like beer, sauerkraut, uh, pickles. Uh, kombucha, uh, uh, sourdough, all those things, and uh, yeah, no, I have like the hugest, cr- hugest crush on Brad. He's, uh, he's just, Brad. If you're listening, just a, well, he's married. Okay, well, he, <laughs> I, like I said, Brad, if you're listening, yeah, no, he's a delight. He's one of my favorites, and I love his rapport with uh, Claire. The yeah, he'd come chef. over. I remember hearing yep, him and he'll give over, feedback, like, and he'll be like, kind of a dick. Yeah, like these marshmallows aren't very good. <laughs> And like, she'll be like, I'm, going. I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> yeah, no. That's so funny. I've seen that show. Yeah. And it's a great show. It, it, well, like the Pringles one like came out two days ago and I pulled it up and I was like, it already has a million views. Oh like, my goodness. It's wild. Well, well, good for them. Yeah. There's another show and I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it's like a, a boyfriend and girlfriend team and they like try to make the craziest food ever. Yeah. I can't believe I don't know what it is. I probably mentioned on this podcast. Hmm. We've done it. 188 yeah. episodes as of today, by the way. Yeah. So wow. it's it's on there somewhere. Yeah. But uh, they like were like, okay, let's do like four deep fried pizzas or like, Damn. you know, ice cream Oreos or what insane things, oh. right? Uh, 
I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes for you guys. I would love to see this. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. No, uh, uh, the, I'm a big fan of food. The Bon Appetit YouTube channel, it's wild how they've turned just like what was previously like a very, what people might see is like this very like stiff, bougie magazine. 100%. As like, yeah, just That's like why I said people that like you're excited about and people that like you are it's compelled personalities. to. It's yeah, Totally. It's what we are right now. How are hey, you doing? Hey, hey. How are you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> uh, let's move on real quick. Hulu subscription. I have that Ooh, written down. Cool. I went and I made that really close to the microphone. Mm-hmm. Hulu subscription. I uh, recently was frustrated because I needed uh, Saturday Night Live. Okay. And they just came back. Yeah. And I don't have cable. Yeah. So I was like, oh, why don't I just look re- Evaluate that Hulu subscription thing. I too have a Hulu subscription. Do you? Yeah. And is it with live TV? Uh, no, I don't have a live TV. Oh. <laughs> I got the one where I watch the commercials. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you got with the commercials. <laughs> yeah. Which, oh, sucker. I know, but it's like two dollars more, and you get no commercials. I know. Let's let's we'll we'll move you <laughs> we'll move you off that at the end of this podcast. Maybe I'm we'll in a state of that. my life where this is actually yeah. Uh, you want the commercials? Where, no, no, no. This oh. is I'm actually saying maybe I'm in a state of my life now where I can consider getting away oh, from the commercials. Oh, you're a private like, division. Come yeah, on, right. <laughs> I can pay that fourteen dollars a year. It's God like damn. three dollars more for no ads. Yeah. I so what do I that. did I'll do that when I go home. is I jumped over to the free trial of the TV. Okay. And I'm bringing it up because I've mentioned them on the show before. I love Hulu, mm-hmm. and I love that they're an aggregator of content. I love Simpsons. We both love Simpsons. Sames. Yeah. And they have FXS or no FXX. FXX. Yeah. Yes. And that plays Simpsons all the time. Yep. They have like it's that like whole Simpsons. Every Simpsons like, ever yeah, or whatever, right? all the things. Yeah. So at any point, and it's not as easy as people a lot of times to go like, dude, I'll do a, I'll do a person. Go now. for it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> hey, dude. So uh, you want to watch The Simpsons? Just go to YouTube, dummy. Yeah. Guess what? No. No, because it's always in like a different language when you're yep. like, there's a clip I want to Jeez, yeah, I want to watch something, and no, no, it's in Spanish, and it's also like thirty seconds of it. Yeah, no, no, I want to watch a fucking episode of Simpsons. Totally. This is I should get paid for this, but Hulu subscription—that's what they do. When you get the live TV, yeah, you get live moments, so I get to watch Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. when it happens. Which a lot of that stuff is, you know, there are a couple shows left, and SNL is one of them, mm-hmm. where it is that appointment thing. Yeah, where like people will be talking about what they talked about Trump on the show. Totally. Tomorrow. Yeah. Like, there'll be clips on YouTube, whatever, but it's fun to be part of something that happens live still. Yeah. You know what? I you actually know? totally agree. Um, I, I I keep up to date with Saturday Night Live, uh, and I know, like, it can be, like, hit or miss sometimes, but- uh, You're winning so many points no, in my book I like, I like being able to, yeah, be, like, I, I watched the most recent episode. Yeah. Uh, partially also because I, uh, well, it was Rachel Brosnahan, and- uh, Oh, she's so great. I do like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. So that's, like, that was the other, like, yeah. No, I, I love keeping up with that, and that's that's one of the reasons why I have Hulu. So, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, so you can pay a little extra for this live TV I think option. I'm going to maybe go bite it's the bullet. It's really good. It's really <laughs> worth it. I, I I, I, again, if you don't want to have the cable, and yes, we have a lot of services. We own yeah. Netflix and whatever, but it's not crazy number no. for the, the how much they're charging. So. You know, when I subscribed to Hulu, this was when I was like super broke living in the West Texas desert. Uh, and uh, yeah, now I haven't like reevaluated the situation and I'm like, well, oh, I have I'm a, so glad I, I have a job. <laughs> yeah, I can work now. 
Uh, and also, by the way, Conan just relaunched his show, which we talked about. Yes. We both love Conan. Oh, I love... That's like, another crush. My, one, of yeah. my, one of my first crushes was Conan. I still... I, I, I can say a man crush. Love him. And uh, you all should watch uh, Can't Stop, which is a documentary. Oh, yeah. I don't know where that is. Uh, on the internet? It was on Netflix briefly. I don't know if it still is, but uh, that's how I first watched it. Yeah, I uh, think you have to buy it You probably can. Yeah, you probably yeah. can buy or rent it, I'm sure. Um, but anyways, Conan ha- brought his show back in a 30-minute format, which is great. And we both love his podcast, so you mm-hmm. should go check out Conan Needs a Friend. But watch Conan. His 30-minute show is very interesting now. It's a very stripped-down version of a talk show. And I appreciate that he tried something new. He's not wearing a suit. He's not wearing a suit. He's all he's casual. Yeah, casual Conan. I love it. Love and that's on Hulu because it's live. Like so tonight I'll go home and I'll watch Oh shit. Okay, yeah. yeah. See, uh, that's the reason. That's I, I didn't even piece that I could watch Conan on there. That's I'm piecing it all together for mm, us. Okay, that's a good sell. All right. I have one more thing on a trailer. Yeah. Entertainment wise, and then we'll hit your one more entertainment. Sure. And then we'll do the other stuff. Okay. Weird City. Have you heard of this? Not at all. This is why I do the show. <laughs> February 13th, so it's like a couple weeks from now. Uh-huh. It's uh it's Weird City is an upcoming Amer- I'm going to read from the Yeah, please thing. do. Weird City is an upcoming American comedy site. Americans weird to say. <laughs> Weird Weird City is a comedy science fiction anthology web television series. Wow, we if you told me that sentence like 20 years ago. I would have passed out. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> data to take in. Um, but it's on YouTube Premium. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of YouTube Premium. Again, please give I, me some money. I don't dabble in YouTube Premium, so you're, you're selling me on this. Yeah. I'll explain to you why. I'll explain to you why. So for this series, you're going to need it, right? Okay. I'm sure they'll give you like one episode for free. Sure, sure, sure. But this series, and you just watch the trailer. Everybody listening, go to Google. Type in Weird City Trailer. Mm-hmm. It's from the minds of... Which I don't really know what that means fully, but from the minds of Charlie Sanders and Jordan Peele. Okay, yeah, wow. Which we all love, right? No, also, yeah. What the hell does from the minds of? I know. So I looked it up, and he's the executive producer (laughs) on the show. Okay, he's probably thrown a lot of money at it. Yes, he probably had a good idea and said, "Hey, why don't you do this crazy fucking thing?" Mm -hmm. And they were like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah. So there's a ton of directors. Mm -hmm. So it's not he's not directing it, right? Yeah. And it's almost like, uh, you know, you think of, although Twilight Zone was different because Twilight Zone, Rod Serling directed shit. Right. But this is kind of that, that same kind of anthology series where someone goes like, hey, this is a cra- crazy idea. Mm-hmm. Why don't we all come together and make it? Right. But when you watch the trailer, and I guarantee anybody who's wa- listening to this show and has this kind of same sensibilities of nerdy sci-fi mm-hmm. game stuff, you're going to love. Weird City. Weird City. All right. It is. I'm so excited. It reminds me of the Amazon one. Which is called, based on that book, fuck, what is it? Man in High Castle? No. No. Which is great. Yeah, okay. Uh, oh, I'm going to forget it. Uh-oh. Electric Dreams. There it is. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the um, uh, Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick. Yeah. So that was an anthology. Yes. It had a bunch of directors. I didn't watch that, actually. Oh, it's very good. Okay, I need to, I need to catch up. Yeah. Uh, so this feels like that. Okay, cool. But it's on YouTube Premium. Yeah. All right. And the other thing, just to you personally. Yeah. Because, you know, we're recording a podcast, whatever. No one's also. listening. No just one's give listening. me a personal recommendation. By the way, that's sad. Yeah. No one was listening. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're over. People are listening. They are. They yeah. are. Weirdly enough, like, we're going to hit 35,000 views. That's terrifying to me. <laughs> so anyways, uh, so uh, what was I even saying? Uh, you were going to recommend something to me personally, yes. Joe Lammer. you, Joe Lammer. Yeah. There's a show called uh, Wayne that's on YouTube Premium. 
another reason to have that, right? I feel like I've heard of this, but I don't. I don't. I haven't seen it. Yeah. There is a uh, show that was on Netflix called "I Hate This Fucking Life." I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna fucking die. What is it called? <laughs> it's something like that. That would be the greatest title ever. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about, weirdly enough. Well, hold on, I'm going to type uh, in fucking and Netflix. Uh, yes, God, we can swear on What this. is it called? End I of the fucking it. world. There it is. I love my I like idea. your version yeah, actually yeah. even better. It's a very long... Uh, it's dark. Mine was dark. End of the fucking world is very similar to the YouTube premium series called Wayne. Okay. So if you liked that series on Netflix, mm-hmm. it is, and it's only on YouTube. Yeah. Wayne. And it's incredible. Cool. So they're, they're, they're hitting their stride. Yeah. You know, like uh, Amazon Pride had to have Man on the High Castle. Yeah. Certain series and, and, and channels have to have these kind of breakout hits. Yeah, totally. Admittedly, I feel like I've, uh, I mean, with my Amazon Prime account, I really have just watched Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So I should yeah. be, there's much more there's I can much watch. Much more. Yeah. Okay. One more year entertained. Oh, and then gosh. We're moving on. Okay. <sighs> Let's see. <laughs> I wrote too many. Bullet- that was a guttural. I wrote too many bullet points. Uh, Wait, just you're going to come back and we'll do a lot of these podcasts. That's true. Uh, oh, um, have you? If you have talked about this, and I have other bullet points. Have you talked about Terrace House on here? Terror. Terrorist. Terrorist. T e r r. Terrace House. A c e. Is it an architectural show? Oh, geez, Louise. Okay, we're okay. going into it. Go into uh, it. Terrace House is a Japanese reality show that is on Netflix. What? Oh. You are blowing my mind right now. Let that me, is hard to do. Let me take you into this because Terrace House is a delight. Uh, I know it sounds like I'm saying terrorist house. I know. It's very close to terrorist. It's a very, We're yeah. We're not saying that. Teresu Houseu. Teresu Houseu. Uh, yeah. So Teresu Houseu is a um, Japanese reality show. Probably the closest, like the most adjacent thing in American culture would be the real world. Um, it's uh, about tw- uh, 20-something, 30-somethings uh, living in a house, a uh, terrace house. And uh, the difference between the real world is that it's, like, very, uh, very slow, very um, aesthetically, like, very aesthetically clean. Uh, The drama is uh, really, um, what's the best way to put it? Uh, It's really subtle. Mm. uh, And it is just extremely compelling. Like, I think I was talking to you before we started the podcast, pre-podcast. Hashtag pre-podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, the whole that, show. I've yeah. never said the word pre-podcast so many times as, we said it 14 as in this times. moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I was saying, you know, I'm just, I'm so compelled by people who are excited about things and just like people and how people interact and like people, just people talking about things. Uh, so Tara's house, it's these 20-something, 30-somethings who arrive. They get there. They all have like different, different jobs. They're from different places. Uh, so the difference between like the real world, though I think the real world did this in the first season, um, they have jobs and they still go to their jobs or they go to school oh, or yeah. do their thing. Um, the other part that is fascinating about Terrace House, it, or well, there's two, there's so many parts, but I'll address two. Uh, one, one of them, like they arrive. It is clear that this show is very fixated on people uh, ha- getting into relationships. So oh. like person arrives and they're like, like, here's my name. Like, here's what I do. And they're like, oh, cool. Like, hi. And it's like the other cast members are there. There's six people. And so far, historically, it's always been three men and three women. Um, but they get there, and they'll be like, "Hey, so cool! Like, so what do you do? Where are you from? Cool. How many? How, how long have you been single? Or are you single? Uh, like, literally, wow. everyone except one person that I know so far has has been single. But um, 
uh, like there, it'll be like, oh yes, okay, I yeah, I've been single for six months, and it's like, okay, cool. And what type of person do you look for? And they're like, oh, I really want someone that I can that is like trustworthy and uh, dependable and just really nice. And it's like, okay, cool. And then uh, that's where you know with the three guys, three girls, and historically it's been really heteronormative until actually this past season briefly, but um, uh, it, it it is like, oh okay, like who's gonna date who? Yeah. Um, and uh, when they date, though, it is very like you know the like you know it's there's not hookups or anything. People ask people on dates, they go on dates, they don't kiss or anything. They just are like, oh, like we should go do this thing, and they go do a thing, very have formal. a precious time. Yeah, yeah like the first yeah. couple. So like the first one, the earliest one that you'll find. There's three se- seasons so far on Netflix, or three series, I should say, because the first one is um, boy uh, uh, Terrace House, Boys and Girls in the City. That one takes place in Tokyo, uh, and that one goes on forever. It's great. But, like, the first couple in that show, I feel like it took them eight to ten weeks to get into, like, officially be in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And so there's that one. Uh, There's The next one was uh, Terrace House Aloha State, which actually takes place in Hawaii. Uh, which is weird. Yeah. I feel like it was Japanese producers being like, oh, this show is popular in American on American Netflix. So this, they like things that go to islands. Yeah, they were like this. This show that's about Japanese culture is popular in America, so let's go to America. Um, it's, yeah, it's the the my least favorite season, but it still is interesting because it is like a lot of like uh, it's Japanese culture meets American culture, so it's interesting. Oh yeah. Um, and then the most recent series, um, Terrace House, opening new doors, uh, is my favorite. The uh, names are hilarious. Oh, they're name. amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like so. Uh, I, I'm so invested in all these people's lives. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I had no idea. And then the last layer that I will say about this show that I love is that unlike the real world or anything else, in like very traditional Japanese reality TV format, uh, they have commentary from um, oh, a hype. team of people. Yeah. Yeah. So and yeah. it's usually like com- it's, it's it's team that's uh, like comedians and like uh, musicians, uh, six people. Uh, but yeah, they just literally—they're watching the show as well, and they yeah. cut—they cut to them like twice in the show, and they, they give commentary. With, yeah, they did that with. So I'm a big fan of UFC and the fighting mm-hmm. game, the whole MMA stuff, right? And so Pride did that a lot. Okay, so like, yeah, yeah. Pride would like Very have these similar. commentators, you know, totally. And which is why, by the way, I think Joe Rogan was such a big deal with yeah. UFC because he's a stand-up. Okay, yeah, and yeah. Like, and like, there was definitely like funny. There's like one funny guy in yeah. Pride. Yeah, he was like, "Hey," and he would say all these like funny things. Yeah. I say hi all the time because they would sure. say yes all the yes. time. Yes, oh yeah. Um, and so yeah. he would do so all this. Yeah, yeah, honto yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. so yeah. so so. Yeah. And then say like more times than you need to. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah, nothing really happened, but you're still saying it. Oh, you know? being immersed in in Terrace House. Also, I mean, I already make like um like reactive noises when I'm talking to people. But man, uh, watching Terrace House yeah, has yeah. made me be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, Hi, yes. Yeah. I get it. I, I get do it. Because yes. I, I, you been to Japan? I need to. I'm hoping I will. Let's go. I, I think I'm going to go this summer. Uh, I was thinking about going this summer too. Really? Well, we'll have to, we'll have to trade we'll notes. Have to, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so, because a uh, friend of the show, Blaine and Katie, uh-huh. they have a YouTube channel. Check them out on YouTube, Blaine and Katie. Uh, they uh, taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. I went before I met them. But then when I met them, they, you know, gave me so many different uh, ideas and they speak it very well. Oh, cool. Uh, and so every time I'm around them, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I want to go back. Yeah. Because I got to go to Tokyo for a week and a half. And yeah. It was just like, oh, no, I need to go back. Yeah. 
Um, long story short, I'm going to check out Terrace House. Yeah, actually, it's, it's, it's on a, Netflix now, three seasons. It's wild that no one has brought this up on your show because, yeah. like, it is, I mean, people who are into it are so into it. The other layer that, like, I, I studied in undergrad, I studied three semesters of Japanese. My Japanese is terrible. But, like, watching informal, like, conversational Japanese is, is actually, like, really delightful. And just, yeah, watching young people, uh, like, I mean, I know it's, like, scripted, or not scripted, but it's, like, you know, it's it's highly produced. Though people, a lot of times people say, like, well, what I love about Terrace House is that it's not produced like American shows. It's totally produced. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... It is really cool to see like young people like interact with each other. Well, and it's a different and, yeah. culture. It feels like that's totally. like the part that is exciting to me. Absolutely, you know? it's and not American culture. It's, it's Japanese shot culture. really beautifully, and like you know, the stuff like when they go out and eat food, they like capture the food amazingly. Which is what you talked about earlier. Uh, Again, pre-podcast to yeah. say at the seventeenth time. Yeah, uh, we probably only said at eight. But this is the only time I've ever gonna say that. We're gonna say pre-podcast just this show and then never yeah. again. But uh, we is, ate tots. Yeah, yeah, we had tots and yeah. pre-podcast talk. Yeah, but is uh, that concept of you know, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Pre-pod tots? No, before that. <laughs> we were talking about food. Something about food, capturing no, food. it was about... I was talking about Terrace House, talking about Japanese food. Japanese culture. Japanese culture. Something about food. It's gone. Oh, damn it. Uh, we you, ate tater tots. Those, those when are... you drink alcohol, kids, yeah. things uh, leave you. Well, if it comes back to you... We'll come back to it. Uh, we still have, uh, with that said, our cadence is still going at 100 miles per hour. We, uh, Yeah, like, we have Jesus not slowed down. Jesus Christ. So, by the way, some people might think that alcohol can slow certain people. I was. It does not slow either of us. Literally was my strategy <laughs> because I fully acknowledge that I talk fast. Yeah, we both do. The, and we have not slowed down. I can consciously slow down, but it, it doesn't feel like me. Uh so this doesn't feel no, like right. you. Yeah, that's not or me. Yeah, that would be weird. This is how I talk. Just fuck well, it all you, if you have you a problem do, with it. No, no, no one's gonna have a problem with it. But that's someone what, has. Someone in the universe someone has, has problem. problems with. Everybody that. has problems care. with everything. Yeah. Quickly, I want to hit. Uh, everybody should watch the trailer for Braid, which also reminds me to to talk to you about the game Braid. Did you mm-hmm. ever play the game? I did. Yes, long, long ago. I'm gonna talk about that for a second, but real quickly, go watch the trailer for the movie Braid. Someone called it. These are the different quotes they called it. Mm-hmm. Lynchian. Okay. Big David Lynch fan. Hell yes. They called it Tour de Force, which I always love that. Mm-hmm. And someone called it, in quotes, and early or quotes, end quotes, disorienting. If, it's, if, if a movie is called, and that's like their main, the only word they said. I don't know if I want to go see a disorienting movie. But, well, Lynch is disorienting. Well, if you tie, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyways, I watched it. I watched the full trailer. I go watch it tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening and Joe as well. Yeah. It is fucking weird and beautiful, and I search out for movies like this. Interesting. Okay. So it's called Braid. I'm not going to say nothing else. Just watch the trailer tonight. Yeah. And I feel like you'll you'll want to see it if you if you dig the trailer. Okay. That's you you've planted a seed of curiosity in I, me. That's so. what we do on the show. <laughs> but really quickly to braid. Yeah. Um, I think that no one knows of this or we haven't really talked about it on podcasts much. Because mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I haven't heard this much. But let's do spoiler warning real quick. Okay. You've beat it. Did Wait, you beat it? Which braid? game are we talking about? Oh, braid. braid. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay. So spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler like a decade ago, though. I know, like, let's I know. be really let's sorry. Be real. yeah. This is on you if you got a spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's so incredible. And I don't think enough people talked about it on a show, maybe because they were so like worried about like, you know, the witness and Braid and like, oh, let's not spoil the fucking endings. But like sometimes I think some endings can be so powerfully and beautiful that they help move 
uh, art forms forward, mm-hmm. or they can like even get you excited about that developer, maybe. Yeah, sure. And so I think the braid the braid ending was so incredible mm-hmm. about what I'm specifically talking about was where you rescue the princess, mm-hmm. but it goes backwards in time, right? And you realize that you were never rescuing her; mm-hmm. she was running away from you. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Isn't that dope? <laughs> yeah. I feel like nobody would talk about that on a show anywhere. Yeah. Like, I feel like no one just like, everyone was like so quiet about like not spoiling it. But how beautiful was that? Like, it's great. Literally, like, Braid came out so long ago. <laughs> Why do people feel this like fear of talking about like, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that's great. I, no, I want it's more a delight. developers yeah. to have like an ending mm-hmm. to be like, oh, we fooled you. Yeah. What you thought you were doing in this kind of traditional setting is yeah. actually the opposite. You should, since oh, I, I, I had already mentioned it, but Grease, I'm telling you, you should go check it out because uh, it is like, tonight. there are those moments that are like so impactful uh, that you don't see coming and like, uh, like I, I cry all the time, but uh, to be fair, but man, I got like teary eyed playing a oh, lot. Oh, I Greece. love it! I love it! I'm gonna it's do great. it. I'm gonna download it tonight. Oh, it moved you're, me you're a lot. You're gonna get a Hulu subscription. And I'm, gonna I'm gonna get, get a Hulu Gris. subscription Gris. deal. Deal. I say Gris all the time. Gris. That's why. Because it's G R I S. It's it's Espanol. It's gray for Gris. It's it was developed in in um España, uh in Spain. <laughs> I do understand. You know, I do comprehend it. Yeah. See. Uh, que lastima. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. We have no time to get through the other stuff, but let's hit. Real I mean, quick. I told you. I I told you we would be uh, addressing have, so many bullet points. Yeah. Let's do enrage. Okay. We're gonna hit enrage real quick. We'll do evolve, and then we'll be done. Okay. So I have one thing for you. I have two things for enrage, mm-hmm. and you have a bullet list. So you know, I don't have a bullet list for enrage because I will say, usually, though, there's plenty of things in this universe that makes me angry. I'm trying to be like frame my life in a bit more positivity. Thank you. But I feel like we'll probably be on the same plane with your enrage. So I think we will too. yeah. <laughs> Here's one thing I'm enraged about: when you are waiting for the bus, like I am a lot. Mm-hmm. So currently, I don't have a car. Yeah. Because I live by where I work. Right. So when the buses come by, if there's you're at a bus stop that has two buses. Yes. And you don't want that bus? Yes. You have to, like, tell them, keep going. With, like, your eyes. Yeah, or yep. something, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. And it is so crazy because lots of times they get mad at you if you hadn't did the right thing right. to tell them to keep moving. Yeah. I literally turned my back to the bus. I was like, no, you know what? No, you know, I'm not looking at you. Yeah. And they beeped at me, and they are like, so you want to get on? Fuck that. And I was like, no, I've turned away from you. What? It, there needs to be a universal signal to say, like, you know, a hand motion or something. I think I've done, like, this, like, head shake or the something. head shake, It's yeah. funny because, well, so my bus line, because I do ride the bus sometimes. I mostly walk to work, but, like, on, like, crappy weather days, I do take the bus. Uh, uh, but I, fortunately, my bus line is, just, like, uh, is just one. My stop is, like, one line. So that's, like, pretty oh, easy. so then you don't, yeah. But, like, the times I am at the one that's, like, multiple stops, like, I'm just, like, or multiple lines, I'm, like, nope, that's uh, not. Nope, nope, nope. nope like, I, like, you. awkwardly look down. But you have to, like, actively be a participant in, like, explaining something. You have to do work. Also, you're... what does it hurt them to stop and then be, like, oh, you're not getting, like. You're not getting on, let's go. It's fine. Yeah. Why are they angry? They get mad. <laughs> That enrages me in a way because I I'm like, understand. it happens every single day now because where I'm currently at, there's two. Mm-hmm. And I definitely only want one of them. Okay. And so every time that person rolls up, they're like, what's up, bitch? And I'm like, I don't. But also, shouldn't I, he know say? by now or he or she or they? Uh, well, there's they, multiple drivers. That's the problem. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my rage thing. It's a small thing. It's but legit. I feel you. That's like a weird I don't feel like a I, weird cue you're having to learn to I have to do something. Yeah, totally. Like I don't want to do anything. I feel you. I'm listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. I have other things. What's something that rages you? The only thing that rages you because you only have one thing, right? Uh, I don't have anything on my list that oh, enrages nothing. me. Do I have anything on here? So I'm going to give yeah, you one. Yeah, keep going and, and I'll just gonna, be like, okay. I agree with you or don't agree okay. with you. Nope. But all these things are good and happy. I just wrote happy things. <laughs> That's good because we need more of that. Trying. Uh, oh, what's this thing? Your tweet after. I write things down sometimes in my notes and I don't know what they mean afterwards. Um, wow, what is that thing? Your tweet after the McDonald's thing. Oh, I was talking about Trump. I don't normally say his name on the podcast. Yeah. I usually say the person in the White House. Yeah, well, I was going to say like like things that enrage me. I was just like, well, I really just have like a list that like is stems from uh, one like vile human being. It so. was a tweet of yours. Oh, was it? You said uh, when you saw the McDonald's picture. Oh yes. There was a there was a picture that uh, that person so fucking surreal. That's like a David Lynch thing. Right. Oh my god. He served uh, this like championship football team. Yes. Uh, McDonald's and Wendy's and stuff because of the fucking government shutdown. That so he there caused. were no that he caused. Yeah. So there's uh, no um, like there aren't people cooking in within the White House. And so he was like, "Oh, who the fuck cares? I'll just make, I'll just buy a shit ton of McDonald's and Burger King, yeah, and, and Wendy's or be whatever." Excited that it was on his, and dollar. it'll be even, yeah, and it's on my yeah. dollar, and it'll be even better than what the cooks could make at the White House. 100% fuck no. that yeah. noise! It was like ketchup was in like the turkey baser thing. I or fuck whatever. yeah, no. Yeah. So your tweet was, "Life feels like a nonsensical fever dream." I yeah, think. that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds on on par. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. what I yeah, wrote, yeah. but that sounds right. And then I said, "It uh, it does." So yeah. I agree with you. Yes. In my notes. And then how do how do you debate insanity and shitty behavior? That's what I wrote down. So, and I think this is important. How do you debate is the an important word there? Insanity and shitty behavior. Like when someone's just shitty. Yeah. Or like childlike. Mm-hmm. Or like insane's close, but I won't give him give him that much credit. Yeah. Uh because I know people who have problems with he's, mental stuff. the thing is like he's, he's a mean. selfish he's horrible selfish mean. Yeah. narcissistic person with yeah. no empathy in any capacity right so let's take what insane out of that because yeah. I, I think there's some really incredibly insane people that i like that are nice yeah uh and he's not that so but i'm wondering how you debate what he does I, and i'm really frustrated with media which we're, we've been talked about before pre-podcast sure uh journalism and and being in that world and mm-hmm. and i appreciate uh, understanding and explaining what, what's going on around us. Absolutely, but I don't think I don't think the current media is doing a good service for uh, giving even some sort of like um, credibility to this mm-hmm. kind of discussion. I, I feel like there's no discussion to a lot of the behavior that's being had. Well, and I think like like the whole fucking fast food thing is like such a like a like a micro example and like all the giant fucking awful selfish. Uh, like sociopath pathic things that like Trump does. Um, I won't say his name anymore, but um, yeah, I feel like part of it is um, yeah. People get so hung up in like this, like, I mean, I fed into it too. Like when I tweeted that where I'm just like, Oh, this feels like such a, such a weird, like crazy fever dream Yeah. Um, that people get so, I know there's like a big part that's just like, let's just stop talking about this stuff. Like, let's actually talk about like, like recognize that like, um, like the mentality of like what our current administration is doing, like it's just a nightmare. Like let's just never forget that and keep focusing on that and like keep focusing on how to like 
remedy that come like the next next election. Uh, and I think like it's stunts like that that then we do get like bogged down in the space of like, oh, God, like, can you like look and it's as I'm saying this, I'm like, I know I just totally fed into it. But like um, like we just really need to be like super hyper cognizant and like really be thoughtful as we go into the next election. Like that's yeah. the part that uh, I, I, I really take away. Yeah, that's the takeaway. Yeah. And it's but it's it's so exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting. And I just feel like that there should be more conversations, though, in yeah. that kind of media space. Yeah. That says and that they don't feel they shouldn't feel like they're being um, what's the word uh, over uh, over exemplified or over um, uh, I can't think of the word, but like they're they're not being like um incredulous or whatever sure about the situation when right. it is a situation yeah that is in intensely over whatever well right? and it's like the way like i mean everything that that he says is like just you know intense propaganda it's garbage like the way he frames the press is like being uh quote unquote fake news like the term fake news is so 1984 fucking, it's fucking bananas it's boring uh, it's like it, i can't believe people don't know that it's 1984 well but. it's it, i mean it's insane that like uh that anything being reported for like he disagrees is fake news. It's, 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 it's a nightmare. Uh, yeah, straight up nightmare. Uh, and I think there's like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I worry sometimes like I come from a family that's like very conservative, uh, which can sometimes be exceptionally tough for me. I do recognize like I, I sometimes like, I think like one of the big things is like when you do know people who are in maybe touching in that space to like, keep trying to like have dialogues with them like because i realize sometimes like the gut reaction can be to just like cut them out and or like just like stop talking about this shit yeah and i've done that i did that for a bit like like with first with my parents like when when trump was elected uh i i I have two other sisters but i there was one year that i was uh it was 2016 when trump got elected uh i was the one sibling who went home for thanksgiving and this might sound pretty extreme but i like i needed to go home and like my my goal going home was to just articulate to them like, hey, just FYI, the um, alt right is just Nazism rebranded. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Which I recognize. I was leave that for you to yeah, deal with. Yeah, yeah, it's that's a very intense thing to say, but I still stand stand by it one hundred percent. But like, and there's there's parts of me like I definitely have had moments with them where I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna talk about baseball with my dad because it's like way easier, but. I do stand by it's like I I love my parents and I also stand by I think my parents are good people uh like I have had conversations recently where I feel this like heaviness at least on my dad being like mm, okay like I don't like I don't support my pre- this president and, yeah yeah uh that is a huge goddamn victory for me <laughs> to hear I mean he has admittedly he hasn't said that like verbatim but like when I've talked to him about stuff happening uh within like you know our political landscape like he has at least been in the space where he's like "Mm, well like trump's kind of an idiot right right and that's like a huge big so i think just like having a dialogue and trying to have a dialogue with people like um that might sound a little bit like uh um uh, a little pollyanna like uh rose uh uh, colored lenses like like oh keep talking and like reaching out to people but like um yeah i just i just feel like we, I just don't want, I, for me, I don't want to just like, um, silo myself into a space where I'm only talking to people that I only agree with. Uh, I want to have a conversation. 
uh, even though still like there's I'm always going to stand by Trump as a fucking sociopath who's like a monster and like hateful and awful. Um, and so like things like just like uh, I know I'm like rambling, but like one example, like coming from Texas, uh, my parents hyper conservative, but we grew up in like I grew up in San Antonio uh, and I was saying this to you pre-podcast. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I uh, uh, growing up in San Antonio, I grew up in I went to a, I went to schools that were majority Mexican-American. I was very immersed in uh, Mexican-American culture, and that was just how life worked. I didn't mm-hmm. even, it never was a thought to me that that's how I grew up. Yeah. Um, and in turn, like, you know, that's what my parents, like, bringing me up. That's the space that they've been in. And so, like, I know when talking about, like, immigration-related things with my parents, like, they, unlike Trump, have empathy and, uh, like, you know, recognize that, like, this... Uh, platform that he's on is like fucking lunacy. They're they're surrounded in it. They know they, the situation. Yeah, they know it. And it's it's because local to them. It's local to them because it's like you know they have friends. They have friends who are Mexican and have friends right. who uh, are immigrants. You know they, they do. And it's not a bullet point like he's making it right. Absolutely. Like he's like, I'm going to build a moat, and that's my yeah. thing, and I'm not going to stick to it. Yeah. And so I do wish my parents would at least be in the or like, and other people like adjacent in that space would be like, oh, okay, yeah, we don't agree with this. Like this person's a monster. Right. Uh, I don't think like I think like they're still stuck in this like old fashioned GOP space. Right. Um, but like I think just still having these conversations and like pointing out that it's like, oh, like he's a sociopath who's like destroying the lives of many people uh, is, you know, I'm just going to stand by that and keep having those conversations. No, And I think you bring up a good point is that uh, I have this up here on my computer is that um, there is a, a documentary that's great called Best of Enemies. Mm-hmm. I haven't it's, seen it. Oh, it's so good. OK, I'll watch that. So everybody watch Best of Enemies. It's about leftist uh, Gore Vidal and William Buckley, who is the super neoconservative, and they had these debates on television. It was probably the beginning of Fox News, essentially. It was the beginning of, like, uh, left and right fighting mm-hmm. each other on television. Right. And people were going like, oh, yeah, I do subscribe to what Buckley's saying or what Vidal's saying. Mm-hmm. And Vidal was very free and about, you know, um, uh, different types of um, just freeing and more liberal ways yeah and that was kind of shocking to i think at the at the time a conservative nation Mm -hmm. why bring this up is because i think there's a ton of people who subscribe to trump and to subscribe to that whole world set and 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 mindset minus the facts minus the fact the idea of a fucking wall is insane yeah And, and they were just like well you know what this is what we've been doing yeah so this is actually to defend them and no fault to them and your parents or whatever, and a yeah. bunch of people who are like, hey, this is just what we've been doing. The GOP, Buckley. I remember Buckley. Yeah. I was around. You know, our parents were around Sure, absolutely, Buckley. yeah. They're like, he made great points, and he was fiscally conservative. Which is, yeah, where my parents fall, right? for sure. And yeah. I have friends right now who are fiscally conservative. Mm-hmm. I'm not faulting about fiscally conservative, but I also want to make a, a moat around our country. Oh, yeah. Right? So I think that that problem is literally right there. Yeah. That's where it, it, it breaks apart. And they a lot of people don't want to go, because we are, as humans, we're very, um, uh, what's the word? Um, we like groups. Yeah. And we like grouping ourselves to a thing. Sure. Hey, I'm this. Yes. Hey, you're the orange hairs. We're the blue hairs. Yeah. Get away from me, orange hair. Yeah. So we love doing that as humans, a reptilian brain kind of style. Mm-hmm. And so I think that a lot of people, my friends included, and if you're listening to this, it's literally no offense to you at all, mm-hmm. is that I feel like that, you know, a lot of them have been put in these little buckets. Yeah. And they feel, 
and this is the last thing I'll say about it for a while, is I feel like they feel like they're um, threatened when other people say, like, hey, you know, that thing's wrong. They're like, well, that's what I've been building my whole thing on. Mm-hmm. And then so, you know what I mean? Like, they don't want to say, I'll come over to your side. Am I, I making part sense of, of Well, no, or, I think no. part of it is just also just, like, I feel the sense, and maybe I'm projecting because I feel this way a lot of times, is if um, someone's on, like, on a different spectrum politically with me, my gut reaction now is to just be like, well, I'm not going to talk to you. Like, fuck you. Mm. And... I'm trying to fight against that. And, like, part of actually, um, uh, I haven't really described this much on the podcast, but, like, um, so before I moved here to Seattle this past year, I was living in Marfa, Texas, which is a small, weird, hipster artist town in uh, far west Texas, about an hour away from Mexico, three hours away from El Paso, because Texas is giant. So it's, yeah, yes, it's super, it is. Yeah. Um, but um, th- that was an interesting experience for me for a lot of reasons. Uh, I could go on a whole, like, I could write a book about it but um uh one of the things that i I think like one of my takeaways was like you know marfa in itself because it is like a lot of artists is like a fairly liberal community but we're surrounded by a lot of conservatives uh, conservatism and um uh in turn like also you know a lot of people are into like it's not just all just like liberal hipster youngins hanging out in marfa um it's a really eclectic space of like older conservatives uh, uh mexican immigrants uh you know white young hipsters uh all sorts of people and but at the end of the day like people who live in west texas which is like this very rural area have such a love for the land and have such a love for that space that like suddenly like politics are not like i mean the whole wall conversation uh in west texas uh it's people from all walks of life are just like fuck this wall that's not doing anything it's not going to do anything it's uh, monstrous it's like it, it's uh gonna destroy this beautiful landscape that that like literally this is why we live in west texas interesting it's yeah it's it's amazing the and nature like, part of it yeah. absolutely and that's kind of like there still is this like and i feel like it's kind of like this dying part of conservatism but still exists of like this kind of like hippie conservative in texas who like oh, yeah. really values the land yeah and respects the land and those folks do still exist in West Texas. I will. And say. they own land. They own land. They there's yeah. so many, so much land in Texas is a uh, privately owned, and that's yeah. like part of also this whole conversation about the the wall. But then also stuff like Big Bend National Park, which is like you know, uh, uh, face is right there against the Mexican border. Uh, I mean, but we're almost giving it too much. We're almost giving that person too much mm-hmm. credit. Yeah, because again, that person just wants a win. Absolutely. Oh, and it, that, again, it, it literally doesn't even. So unempathetic Compute. and just like yeah. so, it's it's not like there's literally because those people are great. You're yeah, talking about literally nothing functional or there's nothing that functions from a wall. Real like, quick though, yeah. To, to that point, I want to bring this up because I don't think we've you said it before. Because yeah. you being from Texas, I think it's a I think my uh, the many many things that that person does wrong, but it's also a poison to the people of Texas. Sure. So fuck you, bitch. Because also, there's a ton of people in Texas, and again, we both of us yeah. grew up there, who are fucking incredible people who own a ton of that land yeah. that you're trying to do some shit on. Yeah. And they don't respect that idea. Yeah. And they respect, like you said, the land and the nature and, and their heritage on it. It's it's funny because like, moving here to the Pacific Northwest uh, recently... Uh, I really like. I have so much love for Texas. Texas is a fucked up state in so many ways. Yeah. But I love so, and it's like you know, like the um, during the midterm elections, like Beto 
being close to having a victory in Texas was like oh, that was so awesome. significant. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was really heartbreaking that he didn't win. But I think that that in itself, the fact that he, it was so close is so significant. Like, I think a lot of times people paint Texas as being this like lowbrow, hyper conservative state. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of hyper conservative, awful leadership within Texas, but like, it's not a straight up conservative red state. And yep. I think like also, um, no, there's there's good, wonderful people there. It, I, yeah, and Whataburger's there. So and oh come my god, on. we literally have not talked about Whataburger. No, we talked about pre podcast. <laughs> oh, which will say pre-podcast. this hashtag pre podcast. Yeah, which way is for nobody. Oh, <laughs> who's going to use hashtag pre podcast? Oh, Whataburger. While listening to the podcast, Whataburger is so good, and they have a lot of condiments. Spicy ketchup. The, oh. Spicy ketchup is. Uh, I miss it. I miss those burgers, burgers and they use like great. I'm sure like the cows are like right out back. Come on, <laughs> it's like Possibly. right out, right out back. Oh. It's like such good uh, hamburgers. I have such memories. Like, apologize yeah, to the vegetarians. Being in, being in high school. Oh no, this is the thing at Whataburger. Oh, uh, they don't have a veggie burger, but you actually can replace every meat patty with a hash brown instead. What the fuck, really? Yeah, which is a delight. Oh. Uh, so you could actually have a sandwich that's just made of hash brown. Which, hash browns are pretty good. And their hash browns are a delight. So we're moving on. This is the last section of okay, the podcast. Cool. Evolve. So I have a book here. It's called Heavens on Earth. Uh, it's by Michael Shermer, who I recently heard, and this is unfortunately going to sour the uh, topic, had an issue with some sort of thing with maybe potentially a lady. Oh. When okay. I say that, everybody knows what that means nowadays sure. with Louis C.K.'s of the world. So putting that aside, I'm going to talk about the book itself. Yeah. Right, yeah. but I'm going to say that out loud because I, I sure. want to make sure that people yeah. listening, I'm, I'm not an idiot. I know something happened. Yeah, um, and it is that thing where, like, do I like Motley Crue? Hey, they were douchebags, but also I was in the mm-hmm. '80s and I listened to it. You know, mm-hmm. so it's separating the artist from the thing. I've been impacted by people who are awful people. <laughs> right, right, and you just yeah. you know. So I'm going to talk about the book itself because I've been watching The Good Place, which we mm-hmm. both like. Yes. And it's talking to me about heaven and hell and good points and bad points and all that stuff. And how am I doing? What am I doing this earth, et cetera? Mm-hmm. So this book seemed like a natural fit. It is literally called The Scientific Search for the Afterlife, Immortality, and Utopia. And not to speak for you again, but I think we both love data. Love me some data. Love you the data. And uh, this literally starts at like zero or like BC and says like, hey, what have like human beings as we know them Mm -hmm. been thinking about all of this since the beginning of time? Right. Like why did they bury their dead? Why did uh, religion, you know, decide to think about these heaven and hell ideas? Mm -hmm. And then also statistically, what do people think about when they die? So- what I thought I'd bring it up, you should definitely check out the book, mm-hmm. Michael Shermer, Heavens on Earth. But um, in the very beginning, it's a kind of a Debbie Downer, but it's very interesting to get people excited about the book. And that it, they talk about death row inmates. Mm. And they literally researched and, and took the data from what the people said before they died. Yeah. And 68 to 70% of what they said was positive. So it was mainly about love and mainly about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Some was religion, if they had that. But almost all of it was like, hey, listen, so I have a feeling that something else is happening after this is over. Mm -hmm. And this is like agnostic, atheist. 68% were like, I'm feeling love right now. 
Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling hatred. I mean, these are killers sometimes. Yeah. And they're feeling love. They're feeling remorse. And they're feeling hopeful for this next thing. Yeah. So uh, how interesting is that? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think this uh, this past week, actually, I read a piece, and I don't remember where, I, maybe it was in the cut, like New York Magazine, but there was a piece specifically about um, uh, people who, like, uh, people on their deathbed, their last words, mm. and, like, what that, and it's sort of similar, though, that it also is, like, like literally people who are just, like, on their very, like, just... Last words, right on la- last yeah, words. So like but some I'm of it is so a lot of it is like just like uh, stuff. Like a lot of them actually, a, a lot of older men who passed away. A lot of them were like them, like calling out for their mother or like, oh. which I find really interesting. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, it's it's yeah. I I hadn't even I hadn't I have not been thinking about last words or death for a while, and then suddenly this week it came up a lot. Oh, interesting. <laughs> and then I'm bringing it up yeah, again. Yeah, then you're bringing it up again. Well, I think it's just interesting to think about, you know, we're all, we all have this arc, mm-hmm. and um, I think that, you know, why I do the show and why I do all the different things that I produce mm-hmm. is because I, we have such a short period of time here, and I want to do as much as we can. Yeah. And I want to connect with as many people yeah, as that's we can. Yeah, for me, like, like, human connection is the, the thing, I mean, this is the thing that makes me excited when I read or listen to a thing or... Uh, watch the thing is like just like seeing yeah seeing people connect like human connection that's the part yeah. that motivates me and moves yeah me. and it sounds like from this book specifically and we'll get into more of it later as i as i finish the book mm-hmm. but is that like you know a ton of people at the end and they again it's a like a deathbed type situation they're like okay so the connections yeah those are important right like they're saying that at the end yeah and these are like you know potentially people who've done horrible things sure it does not change the fact that we all have a, a common thread here, which is we want experience, we want connection, mm-hmm. and then when we're about to leave this mo- mortal coil, um, we say that. Mm-hmm. We kind of like say that back, like, yeah, you know what? The connections were important. Right. <laughs> all yeah. the other shit, you know? I My mean, job promotion, whatever. Uh, controversial controversial opinion, but uh, I actually stand by uh, the ending of Lost. I don't know if you... I do, too. Okay, hell we yes. We are best because friends. Because literally it is about like, oh. hey, all these mysteries that we were trying to solve, yes. all these things were not important. It was the fucking people. And the, the <laughs> thing with Hurley and Ben, that happened. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what I mean no, by no, no, that, no, right? totally, yes. Like, it really happened. Yeah. So fuck off, like, the crazy people who, like, you know, were mad about that. That happened, but also the connections happened. It was, it was all about the people. Yeah, no, yes. and that's the part that, like, and I recognize, it's interesting because, like, I know, like, I do think the writers, like, kind of put themselves into a corner in yeah. some ways. Yeah. But I feel like they handled it beautifully. They did good. Because it is, like, it was the human connection, and that was so what too. pulled us into the series and blah, blah, I blah, blah. So I need to rewatch it. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Joe Lambert, where are you on the internet? Where do people find you on the Twitter? And oh, gosh. Um uh, pretty easy. You can just find me at Joe Lamert on all the things, uh, Twitter, Instagram. I guess those are all the things. Are you t- Instagram slash Joe Lamert? Uh, I'm Joe Lamert on Instagram. Yeah. I, oh, cool. That's my private one. But like, usually it's like if I kind of have some capacity of who you are, I will probably accept you. Oh, also you can find me. I wasn't even pitching my uh, my bagel blog. Yes. Uh, yeah. So all the things Joe Lamert is my personal uh, Joe Bagel blog on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and Facebook as well. Uh, that's uh, yeah, Joe Bagel blog. That's a uh, or you can find me at joebagel.com. Uh, that's where you'll find like my existential crisis blog about bagels, and yes. uh, you'll probably find some new content soon because I have only made bagels once so far in Seattle, and I'm feeling the urge Ooh. to make more. I want you to do that. I'm, I want to be there when it happens. I'm really excited. I feel like I uh, well, talking about human connection, I actually realized like within that whole the whole 
bagel project or whatever the hell I'm doing there. Um, the thing that moves me so much in that space is like the human connection and like baking with people and yeah. like talking about making food and like food is a connector. Food is such a goddamn connector. We're gonna go have food right now. Yeah, pizza. And we're gonna connect with pizza. Hell yes. So Joe Lambert, thank you so much for being here. Oh man, thank you so much for we having me. We could do me. like twelve more of this these. This was a delight. Yeah. I mean we could do And we had two podcasts, by the oh. way. For anybody listening, we I know. had a podcast before this podcast. I know you were dubious. We I mean I got more I got more bullet points. You have more bullet points. <laughs> we'll hit them on pizza. You'll be back on the podcast and on a live show soon. Great. Joe Lambert, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much, man.